I asked them to be patient with this decision, and they have been. With that, let's turn our attention to our newest head football coach. I've been, I've been the AD, or I've been in the AD role now for 366 days. Jeff, you've made my life harder for 365 of those. <laughs> All kidding aside, this is, this is an exciting day for the University of Louisville in our city. Today we welcome home Coach Jeff Brom to lead our football program. Passion, family, tradition. Brahm is back. That's what Josh Hurts has up on the big screen as he announced the University of Louisville's new football coach this past week. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Conversations with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. And today, excuse me right quick, swig a Diet Pepsi for the working man. I tell you right now, that's not too bad. Not too bad today at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dig it, brother. Yeah. So anyway, guys. <sighs> Jeff Brom is home. He is home where he belongs. Back home in the University of Louisville. You know, I stated before, I stated again. I was not a Brom guy. I wasn't against the hire, but he is my coach at the University of Louisville, and I'm excited for this. And I'm very excited for this. He has had two of his Purdue flips already commit to Louisville. One, both of them are four-star recruits, and I really believe he's going to be a Louisville guy. And I believe Jeff Brown will retire from at the University of Louisville. I believe Jeff Brown in the next ten years is going to take Louisville to a college football playoff and possibly a national championship. I believe in Jeff Brown. I believe what he's going to do with Louisville. And Louisville will win 10-11 ballgames next year. He's been out in California securing that class. He's already recruiting the city of Louisville, and it's on. And I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, that being said, that four-year little run you've had, Kentucky, it's over. Shit's about to get serious. Because if anybody knows anything about the University of Louisville, it's Jeff Brom. Your run's over. Stoops, you'll be wanting to fire Mark Stoops now within the next two years. Because Louisville's going to beat that ass. I promise you that. I promise you that. Now to deal with the delusional ass Louisville fans about Kenny Payne right now. You know, I sat there and thought about this here tonight. I got off work Saturday morning after working 12 hours, went to my stepson's basketball game, came home, stayed up and watched the first half of Louisville versus Florida State, and I finally told myself, Louisville got down 17 points and said, I have to go to bed. So I went to bed, got up, <clears throat> watched the rest of the game, even though I knew the results. And, you know, I got on Twitter, not on Twitter, excuse me, I don't have a Twitter account, but there's a page on Facebook called KY, uh, let's see. Where is it at? Ah, three five K K Y Sports It's basically like a sports, uh, like a um, a uh, sports page. It just covers everything in the state of Kentucky about sports. But 
also does a lot of like uh, talks about everything about our college basketball right now. So let's look at this real quick. Donovan Mitchell got into this it got into this debate now, and uh, uh, you know this is what happens when you let you know the fans believe that they are somebody when they are not, and that's the facts because honestly these are what this is basically what happens. And this is what happened here. Let me pull this up. So, Twitter account Foul Al Ghul, the clueless dipshit that he was on Twitter. There was a video of KP talking to Eli Ellis on the, the floor. They were Louisville's down 15, 13 points at this point. And basically. Donovan, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Al Ghul said, down by 13, look at KP's demeanor, how does this fire a team up? KP's over coaching Eli Ellis and says, this is what you got to do. And he, and he kind of did a, like a little like, come on, man, get together like a little, like a, like a laugh, right? And Ethan Moore, who hosts Louisville Sports Live, who's a fucking jackass, smiled and laughing while Owen said, tweeted, smile and laugh while Owen, I give a he doesn't get it. And then Donovan Mitchell, who quote tweeted this before, yelling at kids every damn time isn't the answer. Just because we see a clip of him smiling and laughing, trying to coach players as opposed to yelling at them, which he has done plenty of times, doesn't mean he is not trying to coach. Negativity isn't always the answer. Good point. And then after Ethan Moore's tweet, Donovan goes, Donovan Mitchell says, what doesn't he get? What the real rebuilding process looks like, laughing at the silence during the worst scene in my history, ain't it? Donovan says, how else would you like to try and reach players? Try and reach players. I've seen practices. I've seen the practices. I've seen him yelling and running that that they had done. And not easy. Yeah, we're not playing well, but laughing, try to build, coming through tough times is uh, tough times as comments for coaches. Then wing depth at lean wing depth. This guy I did like on Twitter, but he's just a negative asshole too. How to motivate players? The main criticism all season has the that that is the main criticism all season has been effort. It's pathetic. And then the Cardinal Beak, which is a nice little queer page, says get him spotted. And I put this on my Facebook last night, and this is what it says. Pretty damn ridiculous how stupid little fans have become. The main reason I got rid of my trip was dealing with dumbasses like this. I'm going to laugh my ass off when KP turns the program around. So these fan bases are really sitting back here arguing with one of the greatest Louisville players ever come through the pipeline of Louisville in the last 10 to 15 years, and you're going to tell him what the rebuilding process is like? I'm sorry, what the fuck have you done on the basketball court to make you make that judgment or whatever? Well, I spent my minutes as a, I spend my money as a season ticket holder. I have the right to say. Let me tell you something. The majority of the fan base wanted this hire, and you need to support this hire. Okay? Because let me tell you something. Everybody wanted Chris Mack out of there. Everybody wanted him out. Everybody wanted him gone, 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 gone. And the majority of the fan base, hire Kenny Payne, hire Kenny Payne, hire Kenny Payne, hire Kenny Payne. He can recruit. And look what he's had to deal with. Well, this guy was a five, four-star recruit. Huntley was a five-star recruit. These guys, look, dude, how many times you've seen these guys are top 10 to 20 players in the country come to classes and come to school and they fizzle out? These guys, some of these guys just cannot play in Kenny Payne's system. They just can't. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Kenny Payne, I mean, sorry, Sidney Curry was a dominant big down stretch last year on a losing team. And what has happened? He can't get it done. He's not – he can't do it. He, he can't play in the system. He played nine minutes the other night. He looked horrible. 
Eli Ellis is a two-guard playing the point guard position, but he doesn't get back on defense. He turns the ball over too much and everything else. Jalen Withers is the most talented guy on the, the team. But, man, it's on and off with him. Mike James is a dog and needs more shots, but he can't get more shots because they keep turning the ball over so many times. Huntley is a guy you can build a program around, but he needs to get the ball down lower more often. He's just got a motor. You've got to keep feeding him. That trick to get my diet Pepsi. Rose Wheeler, I don't think he's going to get better. J.J. Trainer, I'm rooting for you, J.J. It's a Louisville guy, but it ain't going to work. Fabio needs to play more. Fabio, every time he comes in the game, he has energy and effort. He is a guy that can play in KP system because he's fit, he's meant for it. He's a long athletic guard that can get guys involved and get in the lane or whatever and make things happen. Devin Reed, I think, can play. Kamari Lanes can play. You got about five or six guys on this team that can come back next year. Everybody else can go. That's the problem. That's the problem. That fallout ghoul guy was on the was on. Kamari Lane's ass about what does he do? He doesn't rebound, doesn't defend. Well, actually, Kamari Lane's one of the best defenders they got on the team. He actually plays his ass off. Kamari Lane's got a lot of game. You would know that if you knew what you're talking about. So, in closing the Louisville things for today, I'm pissed off and frustrated like everybody else. And it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. Like right now, I'm fucking clenching my fist against this fucking table in here. I want to pull my hair out. And it breaks my heart that these guys, I'm watching watching this year. But I know within two years, this program is going to be turned up. It's going to be turned the right way. KP says with confidence, I know I'm going to turn this program around. He's going to have to hit the portal hard this summer. He's going to make it go. It's going to happen. It will happen. I believe in the staff he has around him. I believe what he's got. It's going to be okay. We just got to hang in there, guys. The real little fans, they know who they are. I'm a real fan, man. I'm going to watch them every game. I got. I ain't going to be able to watch them Wednesday night because I got to work at 9 o'clock, but I'll keep track on the dock. On the, I'll sneak around the dock to make sure I can see what the score is, and I'll be rooting my ass off for them. You know what bothers me more than anything is the recent relationship I'm in. Do you know my girlfriend and my stepson, they, they you know – I, I tell them stories and what they're seeing on the floor, they're not seeing it. And I want them to see that. I want them to see what I saw. And that's what I'm waiting for. My little brother Ellis, he just recently got into basketball the last five or six years. He's never really seen a dominant Louisville team, but I've seen it. We're one of the top six schools in the history of college collegiate athletes for basketball. College, college athletics for basketball, we're top six. You cannot name six better schools in us with overall history. Kansas, and just random more Kansas, Kentucky. UCLA, Duke, North Carolina. Uh, sorry, uh, let's take UCLA out because they funnel. So, okay, if Louisville ain't top six or top seven, because Indiana and Louisville are right there with you. They're right neck and neck at that point. You look at Louisville, man, the doctors, the dunk of the 80s, Denny Crum, the style of play they have. You know, then you get Rick Patino and that, the, his fucking his way of play and everything else. You know, it just sucks. It sucks. Plain and simple. Then I get the news the other day about Denny Crum checked into hospice the other night. That man is 85 years old and he's lived one hell of a life. And for folks who don't know, Denny Crum is, is Louisville basketball, the man who created all. There's only, the only figure in the history of Louisville, Kentucky, is more important than Denny Crum is Muhammad Ali. 
And if anybody wants to argue that with me on here, feel free and I will dice your ass up on that because there ain't nobody that's had more history in that city that has meant more than Denny Crum. Outside of Muhammad Ali, it is Denny Crum. <sighs> and Denny has done everything. He built that program. He built that city. You know, he's lived one hell of a life, man. And it, it, and I pray to God that I'm wrong and hopefully he checks out of it. But, you know, it sucks because I got nothing but, you know, I didn't see Denny's prime. I didn't see Denny in the 80s live, obviously. I'm not old enough. But I would go back and watch the old footage on YouTube and stuff. And I went back and watched it and how, you know, how happy I was with everything and what I, you know, what was going on and, you know, what they did. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just, ugh. I just pray to God that, um, that Denny fights it and he's going to be okay. And I hope, and I have plans. If that unfortunate news comes, I have plans to do a whole thing about Denny on this show and everything else. It just sucks, man. Cause I want, you know, they got that Denny Crumb Hall that's built in Denny's honor. And it's amazing. Denny's uh, got a lot of facts in history. You go up and look up Denny Crum with a little basketball. It's a, um, it's very. Denny's one of the last old guard of coaches. You know the Bayheims of the world and guys like that are almost they're, they're most non-existent now. You know Bayheim's around still, but he's almost done. Bob Huggins is around, but Bobby got much longer. And it's like those guys are gone. Samson, Kelvin Samson reminds me a lot of those old those old guys, rough and grimy. But it just, you know, it just sucks. Because I'm praying to God Denny kicks out of it and he's going to be okay. I just want Denny, and part of me wants to see Denny see a winning team on the court again. And, the, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, the court's named after him. They got his name on the fucking court down there at the Yum Center. <clears throat> yeah. So get well... Get well, Coach Crumb. You know, we're all rooting for you over here. God bless you, my man. And to his families, my condolences, too, through this rough time as well. Enough of Louisville talk for right now. I'm rooting for Jeff Brom. Hope he kicks ass, whatever. Oh, by the way, shout out to them Louisville girls getting a win over Kentucky the other day. Going down a rough, six straight in a row. Yeah, we run the state. It's going to be a, queen, a clean sleep every year in every sport. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about is I'm wearing my classic Cardinal Bird hoodie on right now. Got my 1999-1982 uh, throwback fucking uh, 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 Louisville shorts on. I got my, my podcast hat, my Louisville Bats hat I wear on my podcast. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what we got in store for today. So, I opened up with the Louisville stuff. If you follow my Facebook page, you realize I have a bonus episode coming this Friday. I said two wrestling shows to record I, I was going to watch. I was going to watch the Ring of Honor Final Battle show. I was, and I know the results of it, but I'm going to watch it because I want to watch it. Obviously, the AEW Dynamite show on Wednesday. And I forgot that NXT had a show this past weekend. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tomorrow, I'm having my stepson's birthday party. What I'm going to do tomorrow while he's at school and I get done, I got to go get my hair touched up and everything else. I'm going to watch the matches of NXT Deadline. And then Wednesday... While I'm going to sit down and watch, buy the Ring of Honor pay-per-view and watch that pay-per-view. Get all ready for, um, get all ready for, um, for the Wednesday show. And Thursday morning, 
when I get off work, I'm going to watch, obviously, the Dynamite show because i got to work tonight, but I'm going to watch Dynamite. And by Friday morning, the Saturday morning, in that time slam, I'm going to have that bonus episode out for you. So it's going to be one of my longest episodes because, obviously, everybody knows November, uh, January 1st, my Pro Wrestling of the Year Awards show will drop on this as a bonus episode on this show. And I got 40 categories of awards. So how can I have a, a awards show if I can't watch the, the final three big shows of the year? Also, with New Japan, am I going to watch Wrestle Kingdom? <sighs> I'm going to try to do everything I can to watch that show. Obviously, Wrestle Kingdom is New Japan's show. It's their biggest show of the year. They opened the year up with that show. I'm going to try to, but I can't make no feelers or promises on that. And also, also, you know, also at the end of the year, I'm going to have my top ten movie show, my top ten movie uh, movies I've seen this year. My top ten as well. I'll make a podcast with that. Here's the thing. I'm going to forewarn you. I've watched more horror films this year than regular films. I promise you next year when I do my top 10 movies, it will be a more selective list. So I will forewarn you. It will be more horror themed than anything else. Yeah. So the main event of today's show, I would I told everybody, I, as you follow me on Facebook, me and my girlfriend just finished the Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock. Now, excuse me real quick while I take a drink of Pepsi. I'm going to make this clear, guys. I know it's a touchy subject, and I get it, and I understand it for foremost, and I under, under I get it, but I'm not being biased. I watched it, because I remember when this case was happening. I had just opened a Twitter account in 2011. I remember this case happening, and man, it was a it was rough. So when I saw the documentaries coming out, there was no, I didn't see no advertisement forever. I saw a Facebook post about how everybody should, like, defund Peacock and not watch it because they're going to give her the platform to tell her story, the whole thing, when she was guilty of the crime. Well, first off, I ain't defunding Peacock because I got the WWE Network's on her, so I ain't going to get rid of it. Plus, Peacock's got some cool TV shows on her, too, I like. So, tough shit. So, I watched this. We started watching it last week. I watched it. Um, I watched it Monday night. I was off work. Me and my girlfriend watched it. We We were into it. And... I'm not going to go through every single detail of the episode. Like, I, I made a mistake of trying to remember that. It just doesn't work with that. So, it's going to be brief, but I'm going to let you know this. <laughs> I know what this Peacock documentary was trying to do. Uh, trying to shine Casey Anthony's story in this whole thing and, you know, shine a light. First off, I would say this. There was a lot of money put in this documentary. They gave a lot of time in this with three episodes. They were all between an hour and hour 15 apiece. Um... Oh boy, I'm flabbergasted, if that's the word to use, that I'm just blown away by it. It's to the point where it's like, you watch the episode, the first episode you watch and you go, yeah, Casey Anthony had to kill her little girl. But basically the story is, if you don't know, Casey Anthony was a mother of a little girl named Kaylee. And the little girl ended up missing for 30 days for the police were notified, and she was found dead. Um, watching the documentary, there was a lot of things. K Casey Anthony was found not guilty by a jury of her peers. And it's been an outrage cry ever since. <laughs> but I'm watching this fucking documentary, and the first, the first episode, I'm thinking, what the fuck? You mean Casey Anthony had to do this? She had to. Then you get episode two. 
and you find out that there's more than the story. You find out that Casey's father is basically a pedophile. That's why it's been portrayed. He sexually abused her. He may abused her daughter and everything else. And I want to forewarn you, if you guys want to turn this podcast off right now, I understand. I get it wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. I understand it. I get it. You guys, I understand. I respect your opinion. But I'm just shedding light on what I think, what I saw in the film and just giving a review of the, the documentary. Went and I'm not shedding the light, but just a review on it. And as uncomfortable I am discussing it, I think it's a good, it's a, it's a subject to talk about. I mean, we watch Cold Case Files as an audience. We watch Crom and Drum. Why can't we talk about it? Here's my opinion on it. I do believe that she is guilty of some things. Casey Anthony. I think she's guilty of knowing something. But do I think she killed her daughter? No. Do I think her dad killed her daughter? Yeah. I believe it. I wholeheartedly believe it. Um, Do I think she is... Coming out talking about being molested like it's nothing and like making a, a situation where it's like whatever. Um, yeah, I think this is the wrong time to do this. And I also believe that if you're going to sit there and talk about this now, you know, why didn't you come out with this before that? Why are you taking so long now to talk about it? Now, obviously, if you're molested, you might not want to talk about it. You're embarrassed or whatever. It, it You know, I get that. Um but I will state this for people out there that don't understand how she got off on trial, how she not get away charged with murder. If you go back and watch this documentary, she has one of the best defense teams I've ever seen. That fucking defense team she had was awesome. They, I mean, and I'm crediting them, man, because they they solved a lot of things. The public investigator that was investigating this case, he points the finger, said that her father has something to do with this. Now, do I think Casey Anthony is, is a saint? Hell no. She deserves all the criticism she gets. I get it, and I understand it. How do you not, for 30 days, make a phone call when you believe that your father said your child is safe? How do you not make a phone call for 30 fucking days? Think about that. How do you not sit back and full-only look at that and go, you know what, you had, how can you, I cannot sleep at night. I cannot sleep at night. If my stepson, my stepson was missing for a day or 20 minutes, if it, I'm sorry, even for like a, a, a like for a 12 hour period, I'm calling him or he's calling me. We're, we're contacting church trying to figure out. When I got off work Sunday morning, I told him I said I'm on my way to pick up and to make sure from his friends because I was right by work. It was we, that's how you communicate. I got to make sure I know where he's at. His mother in there. It's in the opposite room right now. I know what she does. I know exactly what she what she how she does things. So how is a mother, how old is a mom can you let that happen? Now, do, do I believe her father manipulates her and she was protecting him? Yes. I mean, when your father, I mean, you watch the funeral scene, <laughs> your father gets up there and says, I'm going to miss sitting on the sweat of her from when she comes outside, uh, inside about her, his, about that's your fucking granddaughter, dude. What is wrong with you? He's a fucking, I believe he's a pedophile. I believe he, he did this and... That's just my public opinion on it. You know, I I have never in my life been more just. It's just it's just disgusting that this 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 situation because it's unfortunate because there's a little girl involved with this. 
In this case, it's been almost 15 years. Now, for Peacock to come out with this documentary, and people say it's really one-sided, this and that, yada, yada, it's really not one-sided. I mean, it goes back and forth really well. And the cops in this, you know, they believe that she did this. She killed her daughter and, and everything else. And the cops on this, they, they you know their stories don't change. The problem is, man, there's just something missing about this. Something does not add up on both sides. There's not enough evidence to find out what killed Kaylee exactly. The little, But people figure out, like, well, there was chloroform in the car, so it has to be it. So we're all going off assumptions or suspicion. That's one of the reasons why she got, Casey Anthony got off. First off, you know, you're laying in bed that morning with your daughter. She gets, you know, you wake up from your dad shaking her. And where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? And then you turn around. She's in the pool outside. Supposedly, she's soaking wet. She's cold. So, what is that? And then your dad's horn says, she'll be okay. I'll be fine. Like, something doesn't add up there. And then you talk about how your dad for 30 days, he would call you every day, tell you where to meet, where to meet, where to meet, where to meet for this. And he would promise you that Kaylee would be okay. Don't tell your mother nothing. And then her dad, while this whole thing's going on, while they're raising money for awareness to find her daughter, find his granddaughter, he has an affair with another woman that he met at one of these things. What the... What the fuck? I don't get it. I'm just... Whatever. This... It's a... Like the PI investigator said, and it's a public... The public investigator, private investigator, public, whatever. Basically said, this is a fucked up family. <laughs> you ain't no shit. So in conclusion about this, I recommend you guys, please just sit down and watch this. Give it a shot. Because it's a good documentary. I'm not sympathizing with either side. Because a little girl got murdered in this. Case Anthony gets no sympathy for me. She, I think she knows what happened. Plain and simple. And if she wanted to come clean and she knew what happened, she should have said something right then and there. So, to her defense team, they did a hell of a job with this because they proved that how can you convict somebody else's suspicion suspicion because you can't. So, that's all I'm going to talk about that documentary. That's all I'm going to talk about with that because, plain and simple, go watch it, give it a shot. Whew. So let's talk about a little bit about DC Comics. Because there's a little bit going on with, as I pull up this article. Because there's a lot of things right now going on with DC. Everybody and their mother is, is going crazy. There was a rumor going around by the Hollywood Reporter that DC is going to reboot everything. Wonder Woman is not an option. Superman, Wonder Woman 3 is not a priority. Superman's not a priority. Then Variety posts his article about James Gunn. Here's the title of the article. James Gunn sounds off on DC's film's futures. And the, the quote of the article is, we are not going to make every single person happy. Okay. Filmmaker James Gunn has made his first lengthy public statement about the future DC studios after he and producer Peter Savar took the reins of Warner Bros. Discovery Division in October. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious, I can't say the word, environment, both in the stories being told and the audience itself. 
And there will be unavoidable transi transitional period as we moved into telling a copious story across film, television, animation, and gaming. Okay. Gun tweeted Thursday. Excuse me. But in the end, of the, the drawbacks of a transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and help recertify what has not. Gunn's decision to speak on a catalyst by a lengthy story posted Wednesday by Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter, which broke the news that the sequel to 2020's Woman, Wonder Woman 1984 was not moving forward at Warner Bros. with director Patty Jenkins. Friday confirmed the aspect of the report, but the sources cautioned that several other assortions within that potential sequels to Man is Still with Henry Cavill and Black Adam with Dwayne Johnson were most likely dead and that Jason Momoa might transition to playing Aquaman to DC's anti-hero Lobo were far more spe uh, spe speculated. Fingers crossed on Lobo because I am a Lobo fanatic and God almighty Jason Moore would be a great fucking Lobo. Article continues. On Thursday, James said that the, the, the Hollywood report that was some of it was true, some of it was half true, some of it was not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Gunn and Safran Sarfan are due to represent their current plans for the DC Universe across film, television, and gaming next week to Warner Bros. Discovery. CEO David Savalah and Insiders said they have kept their strategy close to vest within the company. I like that. Whatever Gunn and Sarfan are like to do, we'll, we'll have to contend with DC storytelling universe Argerton by filmmaker Zack Snyder. Start with the 2013's Man Steel. Several films with within that universe still set to debut in 2023, including Shavan, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman the Lost and the Lost Kingdom. But they were developed and produced by the previous studio leadership. Gunn and Stefan have mandate and craft and guns worth the next 10 years of story so the DC universe can meet the gratitude the gratitude success of Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe and remain to open question. If any elements from the Snyderverse will survive, Todd Phillips' sequel to The Joker and Matt Reeves plan to follow the 2022 Batman with a new film and at least one HBO Max series would not be affected as they exist within their own, with their own exclusive storytelling bubbles. So the multiverse idea, which I'm going to finish up with this, uh, finish up going back to that here as soon as I finish this article, more than, uh, any, more than most any filmmaker in the genre space, Gunn has maintained a regular dialogue with his fans, responding to questions about his DC and Marvel projects on Twitter, and dedunking de dunking false rumors or out-of-control speculations. So, uniquely aware of how contagious and controversial the DC fa fandom has become and how fraught departing from the Snyderverse will be for most passionate and stirred fans. I am a Snyderverse fan, but I'm going to support DC no matter what, unless Josh Whedon gets involved. Gunn addressed attention on a statement here on Twitter. We know we are not going to make every single person every step of the way ha of this way happy. But we can promise everything we do is done the service of NCAP story and in the service of, quote, the DC characters. As in caps as well. We know you cherish and have cherished our whole lives, he wrote. As more as for more answers about the future DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and stories time and the attention they deserve. And we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. So, and he posted a little picture like the Justice League with, and also with more characters. Um, I'm fine with that. Because the multi DC is really good. They it, it they don't don't make everything canon. Don't make any everything canon. Plain and simple. Just let it be. 
You ain't gotta make everything fucking canon, man, like Marvel does. Just make it the multiverse. DC's known for the multiverse. They got a fucking game out called the multiverse. Like, it, let it be. And then Variety posted this article because everybody said Superman wasn't priority. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the it wasn't a idea or it wasn't in the future. And this is Variety, our top article. James Gunn says Superman is a huge priority for the new DC universe, if not the biggest priority. So let's read this article. As rumors surge of what route the DC Universe will take under watch of its new leaders, James Gunn, previously found, Gunn took to social media to confirm that the fans that Superman is one of the biggest priorities. Here's what a fan tweeted. Hey, James, please tell us if we're going to see Superman fan ass Gunn on Twitter. We have been starved of the greatest comic book character on the big screen for ages. I don't know about the greatest comic book character in ages. I mean, let's be honest. I like Superman, but he's one of those overpowered fucking superheroes in comic book history. But you can't tell DC with it. You can't do Superman without DC, my Anything you can't go forward. Yes, of course. James replied, "Superman is a huge priority, if not the biggest priority." When a fan asked, "When another by another when asked by another fan to respond to claim that James Gunn does not like uh, does not like Henry Cavill, Gunn answered, "Sure, false." <laughs> So basically, there's more of this article here. I'm not going to read this whole article, but I will state this. I believe, and this is what I'm going to continue to say, DC is in the best hands it had since Warner Bros. wanted to do this multiverse, this DC extended universe thing. They're going to they're in the best hands because James Gunn is a comic book fanatic. He knows what they want to do, and I like, I trust him. Now, do I want... There's one thing about James Gunn, I will say. His film, he doesn't switch anything of his style as one style. I just don't want to see that with every film. However, he does have my favorite Marvel movie in Guardians of the Galaxy. The first one's my favorite Marvel movie. The Suicide Squad film he did last year was fucking great. Overall, I trust James Gunn. Trust him a lot. And I'd like to see what he's going to do. But, you know, all do tell. So let's go ahead and see what we got coming out here because there's a lot of things right around here right now and about what we got coming up because, you know, at the end of the year, you know, it's almost, it's almost time. It's almost time, you know, for finally, you know, the Royal Rumble season's right around the corner. You got WrestleMania up in the, you know, the whims of things, you know, we got, you know, Screams coming out, we got an Evil Dead movie coming out, we got a lot of cool things coming, so this is what the plans are for the, I'm just going to give you a foresee future of what's going on with my future plans, I do plan on having a guest on the show eventually, I do plan on having more, you know, different style filming reviews, I do plan on having more selective things going. Like, for example, obviously Avatar comes out this weekend. I want to go see that so I can give you a review on that. I still want to see the David Harrell Christmas movie that just came out. I want to see that <clears throat> so, because as I hit the shit out of my mic, that's one of my things I want to do. Now, I do believe that I am going to review, obviously, more horror films on this than anything else. However... I do have plans for watch-alongs with you guys. I do have plans to have guests on here. I One of the guys I want to have on here is Travis Shabar. He's a horror aficionado. He knows his shit. So, obviously, if there's a big horror film, 
I would definitely like to uh, <clears throat> watch it and, you know, have him come on and review it. Obviously, uh, certain superhero characters, you know, like with DC, Jared Easterbrook is always a guy I want to come on. Guy I work with, Sam Billing, is a guy I would love to have on here. Marvel, I'm trying to find, figure out a guy who I could trust to have a conversation with. Because Marvel fans, look, I'm not trying to knock them. Marvel fans can be really obnoxious because... We're Marvel. We make good movies, and our movies don't suck, and we're box office phenomenons. Well, take the break to you. Without Marvel, DC, without DC, Marvel doesn't exist. If you really go back and look at things, Stan Lee stole all the fucking characters from Guy Russell, but we all know what he did. So, so much things I want to talk about. I'm into having a big group discussion of a certain film or anything. Obviously, professional wrestling is a big thing with me, so obviously getting some wrestling fans on here to review shows will be awesome. Now, let's state this. For the record, there have been a little rumors that have been put out there by me. <laughs> and there have been little swirls about a YouTube channel. Here's the thing, guys. I want to do a YouTube channel. I want to do more anything. But equipment ain't cheap right now. There's a lot of things going on in my life I got to handle. So I'll make this real clear to you guys. If I would, if I was going to put out a YouTube channel right now, you would know it. But I'm not ready to... I cannot sit there and go full head half-assed with that. I got to go fully into it. I gotta get the right audio mics. I gotta get the right equipment. I gotta make sure my laptop can support that much data. I gotta make sure I can get the platforms right, the editing process, make sure everything's good. There's a lot goes goes into that. But I tell you right now, if I did do it, it'd be something I would very fucking look forward to doing because it'd be a full, another job. See, podcasting is not really a, another job once you have fit the time or whatever it is. It's not really it's a part time job, but it's not a full time job because if you put a show in that week in week out and you have content, it's easy for you. A YouTube show, you got to make sure you have the time to sit down and record. You got to have time to edit it. You got to have time to put in for it. You got to make sure you can put up when you're going to drop your video, how you're going to drop your video. You got to do it copyright issues. You can't do this. You can't do that. There's so many things you cannot do on here. I can get away with more. Obviously, like I'm not making money or profit on this thing or be a different story. But for example, if I watched a whole damn professional wrestling match on here and I'm not making a profit off it or nothing else. I can watch it. I can watch it and have a good time. But if I start selling it online or making a video about it on YouTube or doing a stream like that, guess what? I'm in trouble. Now, see what I'm saying? So I have to be very, very cautious and careful. Now, can I do a live stream on YouTube and, you know, be in my, my focus be the main thing while you're watching? You can't hear the sound in the background? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's different ways of this. So there's different copyrights and other things I have to watch out. Because let me tell you something. I ain't got enough money to deal with a lawsuit. <laughs> I got enough money to pay my, make sure my IPL, my cable's paid. And that's about it. My car. That's about it, y'all. So, yeah. So in closing, today's show, I, once again, you guys can listen to this episode all you want. I don't look forward to a lot of you listening because I know the Casey episode is a lot of touchy things. But I said what I said about it and I'm standing on it. It's a good it's a good documentary you need to watch it. Just we all as people just need to hear from both sides of the story even though if we know one side is full of shit and there's other things about it we don't trust, we need to look into it. Plain and simple. Now, um like I said, dropping Friday or Saturday morning there will be the bonus episode. Three pro wrestling shows reviewed on one show will be a monster boy and hopefully by next I will drop some knowledge on you guys by Saturday or Monday what I'm doing for next Wednesday show. Until then y'all, in closing, I don't bullshit. I just say it like it is straight up red solo cup. Ha ha. 
I'm drinking a red soul cup. That's why I said it. Have a good one. Oh, one last thing, by the way. If you're in the Indianapolis, Indiana area, Kuma's Corner down in Fountain Square, a good little gourmet burger place. It's a heavy metal themed place. Really damn good. Hey, Kuma's, if I make it big, sponsor me, damn it. I need it. Have a good one, y'all. And like always, I don't bullshit. I just tell like it is. Straight up.